Hi, everybody. Welcome to Loud Conversations. I am Colleen Batchelder, your host, and I am thrilled to provide you with amazing, inspiring voices that are going to truly change your life and change the trajectory of your purpose. And so today, I'm thrilled because we are with a good new friend of mine, Miss Malika Holloway. Hey! <laughs> and so I read a little bit about who you are and your website, and the thing that really struck out to me was you are listed as Atlanta's premier brand communication and public relations agency. Yes. I mean, you are like the top. <laughs> right. Everybody else is below me. No, exactly. I'm just, yes. I'm just, look, in my head, that's how it is. Um, yes. But yes, like I, I, I love it. Anything that has to do with branding, communications, public relations, like more brand exposure, awareness, getting people's stories told, getting their yes. messages heard, like that's the type of stuff that like brings me to life. And that's why I'm in business mm. because I love storytelling. Yeah. Um, and I love seeing people share their stories with others and seeing how they have these aha moments. Like, wait a minute, I'm kind of awesome. Or, you know, what I went through was bad, but I'm good. You know, I came out on top. Like those are the type of things that I love mm. um, being involved in. And those are the type of people, people that have a vision that's bigger than themselves. Like, it's not about me. What can I get? Or, you know, what, what can I gain? It's how can I help others? What does sharing my story do? What, what does my business do to help others? So we thrive in that space <laughs> of having a big picture, like people that really believe, like, I can really change the world. Yeah. Like that really well, honestly. Get there. Right. Like, like you know. Point A to point B. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that has to be exciting too, because I'm sure there's people that come to you and say, look, this is my story what could I possibly get out of it? How could I be a person yeah. of influence? And then you take them from point A to point B. They must just stand amazed. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's, it's people. Yeah. It's like we fall on either we are overly confident where we just mm -hmm. feel like it's just about us and there is no one else. <laughs> or sometimes we're just not confident at all mm -hmm. where we feel like we're just a speck on the earth mm -hmm. and everything matters outside of us. And I'm like, no, you can really be both, yeah. <laughs> not overly, not arrogant, but mm -hmm. you have to know that you have a significance yeah. in the world and maybe you're not called to talk to millions, but if you're called to, to talk or to impact just one person, you just never know if that one person is called to impact millions. So one of my big things with people and, and being in business and reaching a lot of people mm -hmm. and just being this personal brand myself, I'm always about or making people realize how important their being is. Mm -hmm. The fact that you are here mm -hmm. and that you are alive, I'm like, that means you have purpose. That means there's somebody out here that needs you. Yeah. So as long as you stay silent and you don't share your story or you don't talk about your business, you're stopping somebody else from being able to grow and mm -hmm. progress and to possibly be able to reach their next level of, you know, living life till it's fully. So it's like, do you want to be responsible for that? Like I do, <laughs> I put like a lot of pressure on people. Like, do you want to be responsible for yes. this next generation? Not getting everything that God told them they'd get because you stayed silent. And it's like, yeah. gosh, why are you so intense? That is that deep to me. You know, it really is. It, it's a huge undertaking. Yeah. That, that's powerful too, because I love the way you talk about where it's like, you can miss out your calling by just being silent. Mm -hmm. and staying in that place. And I think, you know, you talk about that idea of what is calling. It's your God-given being. Right. It's knowing who you are. It's knowing your identity and being strong enough and confident enough to just encourage other people to own that themselves. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Did, did you always feel confident in your being? Like, what was your, what was your journey to come to this place? So I would say this, I've always been a confident person, yeah. like chubby and all, like, I'm always like, I'm the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> Roles, flaws, imperfections. You own it. I, You're yeah, just, I, I, yeah. I always have, which is, I think has been like one of my saving graces, honestly, mm-hmm. because um, getting to this point before I was here five years ago, I was in an abusive marriage. Oh, wow. And where most people, you, it's like they can wear everything on them. Like, you know that they are going through it, that they've mm-hmm. been beat down physically, mentally, spiritually, all these things. I never showed it. Mm-hmm. And it's because I've always had this internal, like, I don't care what's going on. Chin up, keep moving. Yep. Um, and I know that's not the case for everybody. And to be honest, people, I get that question. Well, how did you do it? How did you? Yeah. I'm like it was that definitely wasn't me because Malika wanted to crawl into a ball many days and just beat myself up like how did Mm. I get here but it's just been that confidence and honestly it's a God-given confidence that I've always had that's really just allowed me to always kind of just be chin up and just Mm. embrace who I am the good bad ugly indifferent so that I could get to this place right now where I'm able to help people where I'm able to talk about the past and it and it's not like taking this dreary walk down memory lane. It's from a place of gratitude and mm. of thankfulness and of more, I want to say inspiration. That's the first word that came to my mind, but it's like ins- inspiration to take action. Like mm. just don't be inspired by my story, but be ready to take some action to make sure you create your own and make life be for you what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That that's powerful, and I, I I've talked to so many women that are in abusive marriages, and they mm-hmm. feel like they have to stay in that place. Yeah. And so just to hear your story of, you know what, it's like you own the calling that God had given your life. You owned your God given identity, and just that confidence to walk out in that, that had to be yeah. a powerful but also scary experience for you. Super scary, yeah. <laughs> because it's. I mean, I grew up in a family, a very strong religious family, yep. Baptist, full gospel roots. So mm-hmm. it. it you know how that can be yeah but but it's a good thing I say if I had not had that I wouldn't be here Mm -hmm. and so I'm glad that I had that upbringing um and then when I meet people they always ask well what were you thinking during that time I'm like well if I knew I'm sure I probably wouldn't have been there but it was just this for me I like to take Mm -hmm. ownership of my actions and so my thought process was I chose this and I chose to be here you know I said I was going to get married and honor those vows and I'm staying here and then you know I don't want to be seen as a single parent Mm. I don't want all those stereotypes all these things that I had in my mind that I had projected onto other people previously Mm. going through it myself and having to live it was like okay I'm the only one thinking of this Mm. (laughs) you know yeah we beat ourselves up enough everybody else is like I just want you to be okay I just want you to be good, but we're beating ourselves up thinking, you know, I chose this, so I have to suck it up and deal with Mm -hmm. it. That was my thought process. And a lot of times you really just can't see what the next step is or what it looks like. And sometimes it's just, it's comfortable to just stay, or at least you know what, to know what's in front of you instead of saying, well, if I leave, I don't know what's next. And I think that's the thing that keeps a lot of women and men and just people in abusive situations because not everything's physical some of it is mental some Mm. of it is spiritual I think the fear of the unknown Mm. is what keeps you from taking a step to get out of a situation yeah yeah Mm. that's powerful because I think it's 
there, there's so much that goes on with our mind when it comes to, you know, starting a new relationship or leaving a, yeah. a toxic relationship or even starting a business. I mean, I know even when I started Loud Summit or even ventured out as a speaker, my first thing was, you know, who am I? Yeah. And then God reminded me, no, this is who you are. And I love the fact God's really been teaching me every time I end a prayer, instead of amen, I say, Lord, thank you for who I am and thank you for whose I am. Yeah. And just that understanding of this is my identity, this is who I am. But there's, you know, a lot of people don't realize when we start something new, the barriers that are part yeah. of it. So just from a realistic, um, even more kind of like behind the scenes, what were some okay. of the biggest barriers that you faced when you started a business? What were some of the hardships? I had to get over myself. I say it all the time to like my clients. I'm like, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and what I mean by that yep. is you have all of these preconceived notions and thoughts mm. about yourself and who you're supposed to be, who you, who you think that people think you should be. And that when it shows up in trying to operate in businesses, like I'm spinning my wheels trying to keep up with everybody and everything around me to the point to where I'm not even doing what I set out to do to start with. And yeah. I went through that to where I'm like, oh, so as a coach, I need to do that. Okay, no, I don't need to do coaching. Now I need to do consulting. Okay, well, that didn't work out. So now I'm just going to do a service-based business and just do the PR and branding, which is where I should have been the whole time. Yeah. And I've taken steps, you know, I've implemented those things from coaching and from consulting and from speaking and from writing. And they're all into this business that incorporates all of those things. But I wouldn't have never gotten to this point to realize this is my lane mm. had I not been looking on the outside so much so I think there should be a healthy balance of looking out as well as there is looking in because I think mm -hmm. sometimes even when you look in and say okay self self what do you want to do all right God please tell me what to do like I don't know I think we get sometimes stuck there like I don't hear God he's not talking yeah. to me and sometimes he is but it's going on around you it's just not in you at the moment you mm -hmm. have to like open your eyes and look up and just see what's around you yeah. to be able to say, okay, now I know I'm supposed to be. I was mm -hmm. supposed to learn all of these different trades and all these different skills to bring them into this business so I can put on different hats and, it, and I'm still the same person. And he makes your resolution. So it's just like when you, when you have that time of looking inward, but also looking outward, you realize what the world truly needs and yeah. how is it that God has gifted you to truly be an antidote for it? Yeah. So, <laughs> What, what has it been like? So you, you went from a coach to consulting, and then you've also written for multiple publications. Yeah. So how has that journey been? A journey. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had took off my coaching hat for a while because yeah. when I was doing coaching, it was more on the life coaching. Mm -hmm. um, and it was always full of emotions and clearing out mental crud. And I was like, I'm in a different headspace right now. Yeah, I want to stay up here, you know, mm -hmm. and I felt like with the coaching I was doing, it was kind of bringing me down in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and so even with the consulting, I was less tied to the end result. So I'm still getting all the, the crud. I'm like, oh, give me your problem. Here's your solution. Go. But then I realized, no, I actually like being in the mix <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and walking people through from point A to, to Z and all the steps in between because mm -hmm. you can get lost in the middle. Mm -hmm. And people, sometimes people just give up because it's like, oh, I had this great plan, but because I had no accountability, no one asking me if I did things or no one just saying, hey, I'm cheering for you. I just stopped mm -hmm. and I went back to what I know. So for me, and then especially with writing the publications, I've had to learn how to separate Malika from mm -hmm. all four of my companies. For the longest, I thought that I had to be 
you know, because my company is the official Malika group mm-hmm. <laughs> and people know it as the OMG, it's like my name is in it. So the company is me and I'm the company. And in order to be able to write for the publications and, and be a thought leader for business and entrepreneurship and leadership, I had to take myself out and says, okay, if I sell this company, mm-hmm. who am I? Oh, I'm a leader. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a thought leader. I am uh, entrepreneurship. I, I never say expert, but I'm, I'm mastering entrepreneurship. I'm mastering content creation. I'm ma- mastering all these things as Malika, not as the business. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a journey of learning who I am first as a person (laughs) and then second of course as a business owner um so that I can actually so the journey is smoother I'm not going to say it's 100 percent easy Mm. but it's smoother because I know who I am even if all of this stuff is taken away yeah like I'm 100 percent sure of who I am and what I'm supposed to do even without the business you know I'm I'm here to help other Mm -hmm. people period exactly yeah and Mm -hmm. even even like because I've read some of your stuff online and to Mm -hmm. me like I love that because you can connect with you yes and so yeah. it's almost like, I feel like, all right, you know what I'm going through. You like, you've seen those days where I feel like giving up mm-hmm. but because you've walked through it. I feel like you're walking with me. And I think Absolutely. there's such power in that as an entrepreneur. Um, so I will, I'm definitely going to post a lot of your, your articles so <laughs> can follow you and, yeah. and get Thank that encouragement you. to keep on going. Cause I think, you know, there's so many of us, especially in the millennial generation that are really good yeah. at startup. But because we don't have that accountability and that cheerleader, a lot of us give up because we don't realize how empty and how lonely that road is. Yeah, we're we're good. We're good starters, but we're we're terrible follow uppers or finishers. Because our I mean, we're there's so much noise around us, especially with social media. Mm -hmm. There's all these people, you have to do this and you're supposed to do it like that, and business can only be done this way, and ministry can only be done this way. And if you want to represent God, then you have to do XYZ in your business. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not how this goes. you're 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 repelling people you're supposed to mm-hmm. be used to draw them and mm-hmm. so even with my storytelling just from my my social media posts I go back and forth in between talking about business and then mm-hmm. I let you in and get a peek behind the personal mm-hmm. personal corner like hey I'm not too far removed from from my past you know I am mentally and spiritually but it's like that was only five years ago mm-hmm. it wasn't 50 decades you know so, <laughs> yeah when people look, they don't even realize, you know, all the stuff that I went through. And I'm like, well, that's God. Like, thank God I don't look like it. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you, I, I use myself an example to show people that it doesn't matter where you are, what you're going through. If you go through it, you yeah. have to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you go through it, you just never know what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Even though you can't see it from where you are, like, it just looks dark. That's all yeah. I know. I'm like, well, walk through the darkness. Yeah. You get to the light, you know, but you can't yeah. stop. Exactly. Yeah. You can't be fearful of that darkness. Like Mm -hmm. when you hit that tunnel, you just need to go through it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Now how I know a lot of the times in startup process, and I know even I struggle with it sometimes is, you know, you have all these dreams and you have all these visions, but you have a dynamic team of about Mm -hmm. 25 years of experience. How do you as a leader make sure that you develop your team well? I always ask people, like I just interviewed someone else yep. to add on to the team. What mm-hmm. do you want to get out of this working relationship? Because mm-hmm. I know you're here to help me, but you're also here to get paid. Yeah. What do you, when we're done working together, what do you want to have gotten out of this? Mm-hmm. Is it just to beef up your resume? Is it to really hone in on your skills? Is it to really learn how business is done? The way I do it, even though I'm the CEO, yeah. I'm still a team member. I'm a team mm-hmm. member first. 
And I learned that from serving in ministry. Like, even if you're in a leadership position, your first job, you're still a member. You're still a mm-hmm. partner of the ministry. You can't forget that. And so that's how I, with all the, the genius that we have on the team, I don't say, oh, I'm the CEO, so this is how it, it has to mm-hmm. be done. It's like, no, we're part of a team. Mm-hmm. I'm just the person that takes the fall if, if this doesn't <laughs> work out. <laughs> um, but I own that, and I'm okay yep. with that because I feel like as a leader, you're only as good as the other leaders that you produce. Mm. If you're producing toxic leaders, then that says a lot about you, you know? Um, and so how I manage and how I continue to just keep positive people around me is that I don't separate myself from the team. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just a person that the public sees the most of, you know? Um, but I'm still a part of the team, which means we collaborate. It's like, this is not a dictatorship because exactly. everyone has a skill that I need. They're there yep. to help me. Yeah. <laughs> They're help, here to help me serve. And so if I downplay their gifts and skills mm-hmm. what what would that do for me mm-hmm. absolutely nothing yeah yeah really? they, they bring the future <laughs> the company forward right. i love um there's a quote by i think simon sinek and he said you know a good leader is someone who takes the blame for the fall like you were saying mm-hmm. but when things go well you give all the credit to the team yep the team did it yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah because you look at it and it really is it's such a team effort when it comes to that um, and I think that's good advice too with anybody, yeah. you know, starting a company, really evaluate who's on your team. You know, mm-hmm. who is in your inner circle? Who are you surrounding yourself? But, you know, are, are you forming toxic leadership? Are you forming yeah. healthy leadership? And really taking that time. Now, you're, you're also a top woman in business. So mm-hmm. what has that been like? I can always say I haven't struggled with that. Yeah. Um, and I guess because the way I was raised is basically mm-hmm. you create what you want. Like yeah. if you want people to look down on you, mm-hmm. they will look down on you. If you want the way to be hard, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. If you, you like pretty much, if you want it, go get it. You can have it. It's yeah. yours. And so a lot of the, the barriers that people see, you know, for being a woman, being a millennial, being a woman of color, mm-hmm. like I, it's not that I ignore them, mm-hmm. but I don't see them as barriers. I'm like, oh, well, that's an opportunity Mm -hmm. because since I'm millennial and since I'm a woman and then I'm a woman of color, this is all the more reason why you need me Mm -hmm. (laughs) where other people will go because I have all these things against me. Mm -hmm. They don't want me or they don't want to work with me. I'm like, no, this is all the more reason why you should. Um, And so this is my asset. This is what I can bring. This is what I bring a different perspective. Mm-hmm. on multiple levels um, because we all have different experiences and so even when I worked a job it was never me being a woman that was the issue it was always the age most people think mm-hmm. I'm like older than I am and I, I get it. I have a very mature spirit but I'm, I'm like oh well I'm 28 going on 29 and they're like wait a minute what because <laughs> all of my friends are yeah. in like mid-40s a lot of my clients yeah. <laughs> are mid forties and fifties. So they don't even see me hanging out with other 28 year olds. Mm. And so it's like, wait a minute, you're different. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's a God given thing. Mm-hmm. I used to hate it because it was like, Oh, you got me. And my sisters, people would say, Oh, y- y'all so lame. Y'all don't do anything. And I used to be like, well, family won't let us do anything. But now I'm like, I thank God that we had that covering and that we weren't smothered. But it was just a standard that we were given Mm. that we were like, we can't really deviate (laughs) because if I had not had that, I'm like, I'd just be this regular person, which who can really say what regular is these days. But I just know that I wouldn't be where I am today Mm. had had I not had the upbringing that I had. 
Mm -hmm. And I think that's powerful also too, because it's realizing that, you know, what makes you distinct makes you extraordinary. Yeah. And it's almost like, who wants to be ordinary? Who wants to kind of fit into that square peg? Um, you know, to me, it's almost like those that are truly shaking up and waking up this world right now are the ones that are living out their purpose in distinct ways. So it's exciting to honestly have you on the journey and just to, mm -hmm. you know, encourage your story out there. Now you, you are such a visionary. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? What would be like your main dream? Traveling the world, um, <laughs> still <laughs> running the first? business. Yeah, um, really, just more traveling. Mm -hmm. um, doing a lot more speaking, a lot of more, a lot more impact on. I want to say bigger platforms because I'm on a lot of big ones now. Yeah, but just adding more value to what's out there. Mm. It, I could still be doing the same business. All my companies, I could have sold them all. I just literally see myself traveling being on stages, hugging people, like crying with people. And I'm, I am not an emotional person at all. But like, when you asked me that, that's what I saw like mm -hmm. this, I'm on stages speaking and I'm meeting people like this and just helping them and, you know, and pouring into them. And I'm like, where the companies are, I have no clue in that picture somewhere around. Cause I'm a businesswoman. <laughs> like I have to be in business, but at the end of the day, I just want to make sure I'm still helping people and I'm still positive. Yeah. Um, and I've, still having positive experiences and not allowing the ways of the world to just jade me and, mm -hmm. and to, and to close me in. Cause I think what happens is in entrepreneurship, because it can be lonely because mm -hmm. you're not going to the workplace every day. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of get isolated and you kind of create your own reality. <laughs> and in that, because it's a journey, you, you come up against so many different things that kind of mm -hmm. cause you to like pull back and kind of dim your light. And so my goal at the end of the day is to never let that light dim. Like, mm -hmm. I know that I'm a light. Um, mm -hmm. There's never to let it dim by whatever. I'm like, I feel like my worst days are behind me. That's really a thought yeah. feeling that I have. So I'm like, if we're going forward, like what does the, the, all the goodness of going forward, what does that yeah. look like? That's what I see, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. what, that's what I want. That's what I'm pushing towards. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And I think as you, as you were saying before, where it's almost like when you give yourself the freedom to live out who you are, you empower others. So right. the more light that you shed and the more that you live in your God-given talent and calling, it's like that's just going to be a domino effect. Yep. Now how, <laughs> we, we've, been, we've been kind of interjecting a little bit about faith, but how has your faith played a part in your life, in your business? I it's transitioned over the years, yeah. let me say that. Because, of course, you know, growing up, you believe what you're told. Yeah until you have your own experience. <laughs> and that's what happened to me when I left for high school. I was like, when I left to go to college, I was like, all right, I'm done with church. Done mm -hmm. there for 18 years. It's fun. I absolutely love it, but I'm going to try something else. And then I left church and life went crazy. And then after the divorce, I found my way back. It, it never left me, you know, all of my teachings, upbringing, but I had no real definition of what faith really was until mm -hmm. I was on my own and not in the protective environment. Mm -hmm. And so even coming out of that and getting to here now, it's like my faith has definitely grown, but now I know really what faith is mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's having a belief that, I mean, I think there's a, you can have faith and there's some stuff you just know. Like, mm -hmm. I just know that God has me. Like, I don't have to have faith for that because I know you it. You just know it. Yeah. I, like, I just know yeah. it. I'm like, well, gosh, when did I start knowing? That's <laughs> the real question. Like, when did I get to the point of knowing? Mm. Um, but I, I know that I've kind of, it's like almost like I had an out of body experience of watching me go through life and seeing different instances where I like my faith and stuff has kicked in. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I've seen myself like transition <laughs> to be, you know, to just number one, just be open because I love learning, mm-hmm. but also to realize that um, faith is honestly, I feel like it's universal. Mm-hmm. Even if people don't call it faith, yeah, it's faith. Like, mm-hmm. just call it what it is. And so I've noticed that the more I get into business and the more I grow, the more I'm having to rely on faith and be like, mm-hmm. okay, God you said, you know, these were your promises. Like I didn't make this up. (laughs) I know you gave it to me. So it's, it's really more of that journey of just kind of waiting to see everything unfold Mm. because it's like, I know it's coming, Yeah, but it's almost like you kind of want to peek around the corner to go, okay, is it around the corner? (laughs) And God's like, just wait. I just want to see the outline of it. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Just just show me a glimpse. But um, I've I've noticed like Mm. five years ago, I was not at this place. I'm like, faith, whatever, you know, that's the stuff that grandma talked about and all that, I would say all that church juju. Now I'm like, no, it's real. Mm. And sometimes you have to end up pulling away just to see, okay, it was there the whole time. You were always protected. You were always covered, but now you have your own experience. So now, Mm. now I'm, I don't rely on what I was told as a child necessarily, or I don't rely on grandma's prayers to get me through. Now I'm like, no, I pray for myself mm-hmm. have my own relationship. Like mm-hmm. whether grandma or mom is still praying or not, I can do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that evolution of really coming to that knowing, cause I don't, I know I didn't understand that too much five years ago. Now that I do, it's been like the fact that that's kind of changed everything for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that too. Cause I think I, I grew up in a Christian home mm-hmm. and I felt like the, the hardest part that I had was after I graduated Bible college and I left the church for a good two years after that, yep. because mm-hmm. to me, it got so, it got so religious yes. that I lost my passion for relationship. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I had to grow. I had to kind of form those building blocks, but I can, I can definitely understand what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think a lot of listeners out there have that same experience of, you know, well, I grew up with this faith, but what does it mean to me personally? Right. And a lot of the times you have to journey away from something mm-hmm. in order to understand it. So, and to understand the, the impact and the significance um, of yeah. it. <laughs> um, and I like to study all types of different belief systems because yeah. I like to be able to communicate with people. Oh, yeah. Um, and what happened was I think I, I either met an atheist or an agnostic, but like they knew a lot more scripture than I did. And they knew a lot more. And I was like, wait a minute they don't even believe what I believe. So why do they know? And it kind of, it was a light bulb moment for me. Like you should have been not arguing with them. Yeah. That lets you know how much you don't know. Mm. Because this person who says they don't believe, clearly they do because they read it. But this person (laughs) is telling you all the stuff that you should already know. But because you don't have your own relationship, you can't even Mm -hmm. have nothing really to stand on outside of what somebody told you. And so that was a really turn. That was a turning point for me as well. Not a negative experience. It was yeah. just an eye-opening one. Like maybe you should get your own experience. So the next time somebody asks you, you, you can, can say, "Well, this is what I know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I know. Yeah, I don't care what they say, but this mm-hmm. is what I know." And especially being in business, a lot of that that confidence come from this is what I know. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else knows what they know, but this is what I know, and this yeah. is what I know to be true, and this is what I'm confident in. This mm-hmm. is what I stand on. Mm-hmm. 
This is powerful. Well, this has been a great conversation and I'm so excited just to share all the different links for your, for your business and really follow up. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's been incredible just to sit down and connect. Uh, but if you're just tuning in, this conversation will truly impact you to understand you've made, been made distinctly, uniquely, and purposely for such a time as this. And it's not enough to have faith you have to own your faith and you have yes. to understand what that looks like. Um, so whether you're in a startup process, whether you're facing opposition or different struggles, tune into this episode and really understand who is it that God has made you to be. And when you understand that identity, you can walk in that confidence that Malika was talking about. And so before we end this, we're going to have some fun. And okay, we're let's do, do it. Famous <laughs> loud questions. So the first one um, is L. So it is, what is the favorite part of your life? My daughter. Oh. See, she's eight now, and I'm like, where has eight years gone? Like, where is the time going? But watching her develop. Yeah. From being 100% dependent on me to half the time not even wanting to talk to me. I'm like, I got it. I got <laughs> it. And I'm going like, when did all of this happen? I think it's parenting. Being a parent is yeah. un so unpredictable. Even though she's eight, I know people be like, you haven't even seen the worst. Whatever. Um, it's just fun to watch her personality and how she goes, mm -hmm. oh, when I get up to be an adult, I'm going to have my own business like you. And then the next day she'll go, oh, when I get to be an adult, I'm going to be a mermaid. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> where am I going wrong? What's happening? <laughs> that's, that's the fun part. Depending on the day, you never know what you're doing. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And what is the most outrageous thing that you've ever had to, to eat or that you've ever done? Um, I would say the most outrageous thing I've ever done is when I went to Thailand last year, I bathed the elephants. I got in mud. Oh, wow. With I don't like nature, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like mud. No. But I don't like touching animals. And so I actually got in the water, covered in mud, and we bathed the elephants with mud and rinsed them off. It was disgusting. <laughs> but <laughs> you got through it to talk about yes. it. That was probably, I think that's the most outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a city girl, so I completely feel you on that. Yes. I'm not, no. I, I was in Kauai for a summer in like a safari tent. Mm -hmm. That was about all I want to see of Hawaii. I'm good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm set. I watch the, I see the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I'm good. And then um, the third question is you. So when have you felt like an underdog and how have you overcome? craziest thing is as confident as I am I always feel like an underdog mm -hmm. like I always feel like I'm at the bottom and I have to get to the top um and so what I do to overcome I just keep going like yeah. I'm just like you know what I'm tw this is when age works to my favor I'm like I'm 28 I have a lot more to learn and so even as most people see me and as I present myself like I'm at the top you don't get any better than this and I really do believe that I always have that I'm still growing Mm -hmm. I'm always the underdog, but I'm, I'm not competing with them. I'm competing with me and making sure I get to the next level. So for me, it's just all about just keeping it, keeping it moving, regardless of what it is. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then the last question is, when have you had to depend on God the most? Now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wish I, I honestly wish I could say back then when I was in the dark days, but I'm like, no, honestly, I feel like yeah. it's now. Um, mm -hmm. Because now that I'm starting to see like the manifestation of promises that God's made me and stuff that's spoken over my life and just stuff that I, I've asked for or that I wanted to do. Now it's how do you, how do I deal? All right, God, you've given me this amount and I know I'm supposed to have this amount, but I don't want to mess this up. Yeah. So I have to, all right, God, what do you have me do? What do I do with this? Mm. And so I'm like constantly 
like going in like all right shut the noise (laughs) talk to me what show me what i need to do next because i feel like now that i'm on still on the slope of going up Mm. it's not about what happened while i was down now it's now that i'm up and i'm moving this was where i feel like i need like god more than anything Mm. because i'm human i can mess this up and i don't want to do that (laughs) i don't want to do that i want to be a good steward of things that God has trusted me with and people because I'm an influencer. And so for that, like, that's where I am. I think I depend on God the most right now. That's powerful. That's powerful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And this has been a wonderful conversation. (laughs) And in order to learn more about Malika Holloway and her wonderful business called OMG LLC, you can tune into Loud Conversations Facebook group. And we're also on iTunes and Spotify. You can listen to the latest episode every Saturday and you will get a wonderful dose that will encourage you, inspire you, and empower you to truly live out your God-given destiny.